1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
0: recording and it goes do you want to take a little second to finish off your your bick bick out there. Friday pizza day, so I've had the pizza. Pizza and a haircut? You're a new man. Pizza and a haircut. I am Gary Newman. (laughs) (laughs) I've often thought
1: you look a bit like Gary
0: Newman. The boyhood dream has come true. All of you to me. I'm about to find out how ugly mankind can really be! Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face! Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Welcome! everyone to the cultaholic classic raw review as the other cultaholic lads uh, career towards survivor series and full gear we are here via our ica pro power delorean where we are all out of hope, except for Shawn Michaels, leading the new generation. It is 1996 in our world. Who be we? I be fake. Jordy, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell, with the my o hair from Cultaholic.com, the rambunctious Paul Bromwell. How you doing, Paul? <laughs> I don't know who Paul Bromwell is. They've heard of Paul Bromwell. No. We know Jackie Orlando is. Oh, hello. There, there hell he on, oh. is.
1: There he is. Yeah. The identity crisis that is Jack Atkins from goldenholic.com. Well, there was the, there was the third character we came up with yesterday, wasn't there? Um, oh, there was. Yes, it was off the back of Justice Anthony. Justice Anthony. So you've got... Paul Bromwell. Paul Bromwell. The rambunctious Jackie rambunctious Orlando. Rambunctious Jackie Orlando. And the intrepid reporter, uh, Henry Leonard. <laughs>
0: Henry Leonard, That's it! <laughs> Ace reporter for the Daily Globe. Yeah. So maybe Henry Leonard is a backstage interviewer that no one knows is Jackie Orlando. Yeah. Because you put a hat on. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, hey, Leonard. And And you take the hat off and you go, it was Jackie Orlando. No. How did we not see this? We've been caught off guard. Get your genitals out. Orlando's here. (laughs) that famous catchphrase that rocked the 70s. (laughs) So... Uh, Full disclosure, because time is a construct of human perception, perception. Uh, so we are recording, you're hearing this, let me think, let me get my calendar out, you're hearing this on the 15th of November, sorry, the 14th of November, Uh, we are recording it on the 4th of November, Yes. we're getting some episodes in the can early, we have an episode that we've recorded, that time of this recording, you haven't heard yet. Uh, And I was hoping to bring it up with you more, but because you haven't heard it, we can't really go much deeper, because I want to hear more about how Jack Atkins' eggs have been this week. They've been delicious. Yeah. Of course they have, yeah. So Jack Atkins, if you missed it last (laughs) week, drop the bombshell uh, that you've eaten how many eggs in 2022?
1: At the time of recording last, it was 617.
0: 617 eggs in 2022. uh, I think we can add... Make it 626?
1: Hang on.
0: <laughs> he's doing some quick math to figure out how many eggs he's had. Twenty
1: five? You've had twenty five more eggs. No, we have had since we last spoke. <laughs> yes. No, I think I Jeez. think I'm on six hundred and twenty five at time of recording. At time of release, right. I'll be on like
0: you'll six. Be, you'll be deep into the six fifty. Yeah.
1: Jeez, and I I, <laughs> I,
0: I am still believing that we can carve out some time to get you into a thousand. I think we just have a day where we eat, feed you fifty, yeah. just to push it a little bit further along.
1: It was nice though after we discussed it and I was talking to Aiden because you underestimated how many eggs I have. I had underestimated how many eggs you've had, and Aiden overestimated, and he went, "Well, based on he was like on your rate of three a day, that's about 900. I was like, "No, two a day, Aiden." And he went, "Bastard!" And then I think if you're having three a day, I think you'd have a real problem downstairs. That's stink. You
0: would stink as well, mate. Yeah. You'd stink. Oh, two, 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 it's
1: fine. Three, mm. that's just a
0: bridge too far. It is. <laughs> that's, that's madness, that is. What do you, do you, does your egg consumption change? I'm sort of preempting, because I know next week we'll have a lot of egg-based questions in the email, classic at cultaholic.com. <laughs> does your egg consumption change closer to Christmas? Because I was racking my brain, and I was thinking of sort of Christmas dishes that have or contain egg. And obviously eggnog. Would eggnog class towards your egg count if you had a glass
1: of eggnog? It would, but I wouldn't have a glass of eggnog. You don't drink eggnog? I'm straight edge. Eggnog has alcohol in it. It must be a non-alcoholic eggnog. But that would just be a glass of egg. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's mingled. <laughs> Oh, get us a glass of egg, mum! Oh, Oh,
0: lovely! uh, Jackie, come in for your tea! No, mum, I'm playing!
1: (laughs) I've got you a glass of egg! (laughs) Oh, get get in immediately! Get us a glass of egg! Why don't you chant like Steve Austin? (laughs) Slinging egg all over my face. Egg, 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 egg. So, you
0: wouldn't have eggnog? Mum. Would you have any egg based things around Crimble? Just just my regular egg. Where do you stand on a Starbucks limited edition eggnog latte? Because that doesn't have alcohol in it.
1: I didn't know it was a
0: thing. Mm-hmm. I had one, my first one I had in New York. Yeah? An eggnog latte in New York. And Alex said, quote, it's like drinking a pudding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so no eggnog, but nothing egg. I just wonder, because that would surely throw your, your pattern off. Christmas Day breakfast... Would you have poachies? I'd starve poaches. poachies. Would you? Yeah. Because normally Christmas Day breakfast in my house, it's like like p- pigs in blankets. Yeah. You know, three bottles of Prosecco. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then a lot of apologies. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's just because of Sean's job, we... We don't go home for Christmas, so it's just me and her. And she's usually asleep, and I'm just having eggs going, <laughs> it's Christmas Day. Aww. And I'll wake her up and be like, Sean, I've had eggs. And she's like, Jack, it's quarter, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quarter to four in the morning, and you're 50 years old. <laughs> I love
0: to you bed. wake her up on Christmas Day going, Sean, I've had eggs. Yeah. Do you? Would you wrap up the eggs? Like, for me, I'm thinking a great thing to... Uh, would would Sean ever do the thing where she'd make you up a plate of poaches on some sourdough and then put wrapping paper around it like it's a Christmas present? That would be lovely. Here's your main gift. Oh! <laughs> it's some eggs. Get them how, on the tally. How did you know? Uh,
1: um, <laughs> years ago when... Oh, must have been like 16, 17 myself and my friend Mark decided we were going to get stupid fucking novelty presents for all our mates (laughs) and for our mate Rusty we thought we'll get him a packet of Beef Space Raiders crisps oh nice we wrapped them up and he he unwrapped it he's like oh what's this like packet shaped unwrapped it we'd individually wrapped every crisp as well (laughs) (laughs) and because they'd been opened and wrapped for a week they were stale (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) so that's a great gift yeah Oh, that's some ideas for Christmas. We know there's a cost of living crisis on. There you go. Yeah. Individual beef space raters.
1: Wrapped up and then wrap them all together to give the illusion of the packet. Fun for all the family. What a lovely day that is. I think we've got our mate Holly a red light bulb. Uh, Someone else got a glove. You know. I like the way you do Christmas. (laughs) I like random
0: presents and then a little bit of poaching sourdough first thing in the morning. Yeah. Give Give your lady
1: a nudge. Then she goes to work for a few hours, and I sit alone eating chocolate orange and loving life. What a day. And I bring my mom, and she's like, oh, it's a shame you're not here. It's like, yeah, is everyone around? She's like, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm hang up, play with some Lego, enjoy the silence, as Depeche <laughs> Mode once said.
0: If you have egg suggestions, or maybe some Christmas suggestions for Jackie Orlando, classic at cultaholic.com, <laughs> uh, the email returns next week. But uh, let us go through uh, the world in 1996. Fuck, I
1: forgot we've got a job to do. We've got a podcast <laughs> to do. We've, we've, uh,
0: I do believe, like, do you know what? Uh, and the email will determine. I think there's going to be a lot of morbid curiosity about your egg consumption. Yeah. Once, once, we get, once we get sort of back into a, a timeline. Yeah. So classic occultaholic.com. Prove me wrong. <laughs> 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 Let's take a look at the, uh, at the world at large this particular week. So number one in the music chart in the U.S., for all the times you shitting in the bed. Shit. For all the times you piss the bed. Not oh. Celine Dion! Oh! What a twist that was. She's fucking back with a vengeance. Mariah Carey oh, is back number one with Always Being My Baby.
1: I don't know
0: that one. You'll always be a part of me. I'm part of you indefinitely. Oh, baby, you no, know you can't escape me. Oh, darling, because you'll always be my baby. And we'll linger on. <laughs> Time's gonna, this is feeling so strong. Mom. Oh, babe, you know you're going to change me. Oh, darling, because you'll me always be, be my baby. Do, 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 Now, Nothing. Well, you sounded just like our It's mother. like she was here. Yeah. Like Mary Carey was here. Yeah. Doing Mary Carey. Mary uh, Carey. <laughs> Mary <laughs> Carey. Uh, This was uh, a song that was about the feeling of attachment uh, towards an estranged lover. Oh. It's very on the nose with the lyrics and all. But it's back number one. She's booted Celine. Yeah. And so Mariah Carey, after a billion years with Boyz II Men, now back on her own and worse than ever. <laughs> Uh, in the UK, <laughs> I like Mariah, really. I like Mary Carey, normally. Uh, number one in the UK music chart, it's a, it's all changed. Again, George Michael, Fast Love. Oh. There we go. Now we've touched Jackie Orlando's <laughs> buttons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking love it, George yeah. Michael. Especially as we get to the festive period when we lost the patron mm. saint of Liverpool, George
0: Michael. We certainly did lose Georgie on Christmas Day, didn't we? Christmas Day, 2000 and. 17, 16. Jeez. The year that everyone died. <laughs> That's singing bye, bye, bye Miss, Miss American. America. Bye. Uh, so, this song that was originally meant to be a Latin and bossa nova song, meant to be something a little bit different from Georgie Porgy. Uh, however, when he was putting the song together, George went, Actually, now nah, this this feels like it needs to have a little bit more energy to it. Yeah. Hence where Fast Love came from. He completely changed the composition. That's oh, fucking great. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great, is it? Yeah. Uh, lots of positive reviews from music critics. Uh, a bit of a controversial one for radio because there's quite a few versions of the song which contain like a, a big naughty swear word that, that oh. doesn't get uh, flagged in the first part of the song, all that bullshit conversation. Oh. The amount of radio stations that played the full version and it just was like, yeah, that's fine. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like Elton John, the Bitch's Back, the amount of radio stations that played that when that came out. Yeah. And I was like, should we play that? Is that not against the rules? It's a banger as well.
1: I'd be like, ah, it's
0: fine. Yeah, Yeah. I think if it's a banger, I believe that's Ofcom's regulations. If it's a banger, then we'll let you off. Yeah. I think rule number 12 of Ofcom, if it's a banger, we'll let you off. (laughs) Number one in the US box office this week, it's The Craft.
1: Never change at the it. box office. I, I obviously n- know of it because it's a it's a cool classic, but never watched this.
0: It's the it's the story of four outcast teenage girls at an LA high school who pursue witchcraft and, with hilarious consequences. Wait,
1: and that came out in like
0: May. May of '96. There was a few films like this which were like spoopy themed that kind of got moved earlier in the year because of schedules and stuff. For example, my favourite of this is Disney. Um, we're going to release Hocus Pocus for Halloween yeah. initially, but they moved it to earlier in the year because they had The Nightmare Before Christmas coming out. Right. And they didn't want to cloud it. with. They didn't want to like overpack and oversaturate with Halloween films. They went, well, we want the world to watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. We'll do Hocus Pocus earlier in the year. Oh. And it kind of got a bit panned early in its yeah. first run. And it's only as years have gone by, it's become a cult classic. And now it's beloved. And they did a sequel that was... It's like I never realized that.
1: <sighs> yeah, it was
0: okay. It was rubbish. It was, it, was a, it was a nice little love letter to like, hey, remember Hogus
1: Pocus 1? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Is it without any edge? Mm. It's like growing up, I loved both Ghostbusters 2 and Hawk. And it wasn't until I was an adult that found out that the consensus when they came out was that both were shite. Mm-hmm. But because our generation grew up saying they're mint. The consensus is now, uh, they're, they're mint. Nostalgia.
0: Yeah. It ain't what it used to be. Number one in the UK box office is one of my favourites of all time, The Birdcage. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Ghostbusters <laughs> too. then. Oh, if only. No, if only. Uh, so this has been number one in America. We talked about it on this podcast. It's been number one in the States for a little bit, yeah. but uh, now it's over in the UK. It's having a similar story. It's similar, uh, a similar tale. It's the story of Armand Goldman, who's the gay owner of a drag club in South Beach. It's his life partner, Albert, uh, played brilliantly by Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. His name fell out my head there, but there. But uh, Ron, Armand Goldman's Robin Williams. What a what a, what a star cast. Uh, and Armand's son Val falls in love with the daughter of a uh, of, of a of a very of a very Republican senator. Mm. And it's all about their families meeting. But obviously having to hide the fact that they work in a drag club on South Beach (laughs) with hilarity in Syria. It's a great film. It's like a proper go-to, feeling sad, put that on, make you feel better type film in our house. It's brilliant. It's ever so good. All-star cast, really lovely film. Go and see it. So all change in the world of of, of entertainment in this particular week. Very much so. But what about the wrestling world, Jackie Orlando? Well... There's a bit. There's a few little bitty. I've got a few little bitty pieces that you probably have picked up, but if you haven't, I've got them here that I think are quite intriguing for mm.
1: the future. Well, we'll we shall see. We'll see. In, we'll see in the future. Oh, gosh. So the big thing. Well, I'm saying it's the big thing. I think this is just because it's been on my head recently, on my head, on my brain, like a hat.
0: Like it. Like this hat. Like that. The big hat. thing is
1: this hat. You've got no hair. I've got no hair.
0: What? That's a shock. Yeah. See, everyone's face looks different with and without a hat on. Like, you suit a hat. Yeah. I promise you, if I was to put your hat on, it doesn't have the same effect. It makes my head look really wide. I Isn't that weird? No, I
1: think it tapers it.
0: No, I don't know. I don't know. And it makes my, and because of my ears, my ears go yep. They just flop out to the sides a You've little bit. You've got lovely ears, Tom. I have got nice ears, but sometimes they get a bit too long. You suit a hat more than I. Saying that Jack suits a hat better than I, Say that Andrew does. Yes.
1: Hat boys he's, unite. He's a, he's a good hat boy. <laughs> he's a good hat. He's a good hat boy. Talking to go hat boys, FMW held its seventh anniversary <laughs> show. <laughs> I like I like it. I so, like the t- so crossover. The, re- the reason this has been on my head is because I've just done a big FMW script. And we're saying about the the upswing in the American wrestling scene at the moment. Obviously, in Japan, New Japan's been doing record gates. And here you've got FMW, the death Match League. Mm-hmm. Just had 33,000 watch Terry Funk and Mr. Pogo defeat Hayabusa and Masata Tanaka in a no ropes, exploding barbed wire, double hell exploding deathmatch. Oh, It sounds very, very, very paired back. Yeah. But this show is noticeable, uh, notable because Cactus Jack wrestled on it. Oh, he but went- he's the w- f. Mm. Well, he defeated Wing Kanemura in a Caribbean barbed wire barricade spider neck glass death match. Ah, simple. Originally, I think he was meant to be against Mitsuhara Matsunaga, but WWF were like, uh, can you not have him in the match? Because we've heard he might have hepatitis.
0: (laughs) I love the fact that they're like glass spider exploding death. Fine. No, not him. No. (laughs) All the other shit is fine.
1: Yeah. But like I said... Th- yeah, there's blood involved and there's a fear of hepatitis. Yeah, I totally get it. Cactus Jack obviously had signed on beforehand. Mm. And because F&W big at the time, I think WWF were like, oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll let him come over. But 33,000, watch this. This was down from the year prior with 58,000 people. <sighs> so it's on a bit of an upswing in America, but bits and bobs are starting to bubble in Japan. So the deathmatch scene is going to go downhill. yeah. Uh, New Japan's going to go up and down. All Japan's going to go up and down. And WF and WCW are going to go fucking gangbusters.
0: It's quite nice to hear like the WWF, FMW stuff during this time period where we've got WWE potentially working with New Japan yeah. uh, and WWE working with Noah. Yeah. Noah. Noah, which is the end of the joke now. Yeah. That means, as I said on the SmackDown podcast of the week, that like, now the gag has reached its full conclusion. Now that Triple H has indeed in a meeting said, Noah, uh, that's it now. That's, sunrise. That's the sunrise, sunset. sunset. It's sad and beautiful all at once. Yeah. That's the end of the gag.
1: But it's... This is... is now the wake for the <laughs> for the Noah gag. It, it, We're in the period of mourning. It shows about the cyclical nature of like wrestling fans as well. That wrestling fans are just like, can't believe WWF WWE are working with outside promotions. It's like... What do you not remember? The NWA invasion of 1997, <laughs> the ECW invasion of 1996, the War Wrestling Romance work in like 91, 92,
0: the Memphis invasion of the ni- of
1: the 80s. Yeah. So when the, the New Japan invasion of the 70s. I think the only difference here is the backs aren't against the wall. It's usually when the backs mm. are against the wall, they're just like, "Oh, do you want to come help us?" But now they're just kind of like, "Ah, let's be a bit." That's a bit nice. Bit of fan service, it? Yeah. I think now it's fan service. Now
0: it's little things that they can go. See, this is a new era. There's Shinsuke Nakamura wrestling in Noah. Don't mention it too much. But just mention it a little bit, but that's happening. There he is.
1: Did you see we said he's wrestling in Noah? He's not entertaining in Noah. Yes, he's a wrestler, wrestling now. I'm Triple H. Like me. You you're a handsome man, Triple H. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am the hands. <laughs> Fuck me, we're going off on one ha! <laughs> Talking of going off on one, USWA. US. <laughs>
0: my favourite thing on the podcast is
1: slowly <laughs> becoming
0: Jackie Orlando's Talking obs. <laughs> Just Talking of dot, dot, dot is a T-shirt that uh, needs to be made.
1: Non-sequiturs, which are definitely non and sequitur. <laughs> They're
0: barely even
1: sequitur. They're just... Se-
0: <laughs> like, like your neighbour's garden after you borrow their shears, non-sequitur. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Give myself a kidney stone doing <laughs> that. <one.
1: laughs> oh, I just saw his piss. <laughs> <laughs> triples, triples. <laughs> oh, someone come round and just smack me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know
0: what? Here's the thing. We're recording this on Friday, right? And fr- like, and, and Friday, like you know. We all work very hard here at Cultaholic. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it's the, from the moment, that, you know, the bell goes, it's, it's foot to the grindstone. But, but there is a certain energy about a Friday, <laughs> yeah, where it is a bit more, ah, I won't lie. I had two massive slices of pizza from around the corner, a little pizza Friday treat for myself. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this in now because I know that in the next 45 minutes, little pizza sleepies, I'm oh. gonna hit <laughs>
1: the, the the Friday afternoon gingerino upstairs office pizza sleepies are uh, legendary and global. Yeah, so you you might get to experience a pizza sleepy as the show goes on. Just me whispering at the end, going, "Try not to wake Tom because he's only had 40 minutes sleep this week." Just having a lovely. <laughs> I
0: Think I had like seven hours last night. Jesus Christ! I know what a greedy bastard I yeah. am. Oh, you you absolute I like, sleep thief! Had a right, I was a right sleep thief. I was right sleep thief. <laughs>
1: So, talking of sleep thieves. USWA. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's got to be one of them, isn't it? It's
0: great. It's the best kind.
1: So, USWA. <clears throat> It appears they are now attempting to position AEW up-and-comer Jeff Jarrett to start a major run as the Territory's top star. And for anyone who's not happy with Jeff Jarrett and AEW, fight me, I love Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> you, that was what you
0: said, the day that Jeff Jarrett debuted for AEW. You came into the office doing the Jeff Jarrett strut and went, if you don't like it, I'll fucking fight you.
1: <laughs> I to love the, Jeff Jarrett.
0: To which the triple jump block went, What? <laughs> And then, listen up, slap nuts. It's like, <laughs> Can't believe you got Ashton slap nuts. Had up to here. Yeah. Like, see
1: you people. And he hit Tiny Peter with a guitar. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. Great. I, I told mean... him it was my world and then <laughs> held held the NWA world title hostage. <laughs> <laughs> so, USWA a <laughs> you're selling some gold bullion <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, kids. The double J, double <laughs> M-A, Jackie or... Reports are that Jarrett doesn't want to return to the WWF right now, so he's being positioned as a major uh, star in USWA. Everyone is denying the rumours that Jarrett is now the booker of the USWA, although there is little doubt he has at least a strong influence when it comes to booking his own
0: programme. <laughs> I'm definitely not the booker, by the way, tonight. Oh, what's this? In my handwriting, I'm winning the title. Oh, no. wow. That's what the booking sheet says.
1: King of the carnies. <laughs> and
0: it- he says, this one says, I want to speak to the booker. He goes, okay, I'll go get him. And he runs around the corner. And then suddenly he comes back on with a large suit jacket and a moustache. <laughs> Hello, I'm meth <Miss> Merritt. <laughs> I'm the new booker. <laughs> we we'll speak to Jeff. I like, I'll go get him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> How are you with the booker again? Okay, hang on. Runs <laughs> up. Comes back when he's meant to be himself and he's got like a fake mustache stuck to his forehead. (laughs) I blew Aiden's mind yesterday. um, His mind. Uh, (laughs) Because when we were talking about Jarrett and WCW, we were just like maybe a bit overpushed, but when he was world champion, he was only 31.
0: Whoa. So he
1: was at his prime in... (laughs) WCW and TNA. So it was like, oh, yeah, look at this old man. with the like, He's 31 yes. years old. But there's something to be said for, like, wrestling age and yeah. actual
0: age, isn't there? Yeah.
1: There's a lot of people
0: who who feel like they're young rootin' tootin' up-and-comers when, really, it's just because they've not been pushed that much and they feel fresh. Yeah. There's something to be said for wrestling age rather than actual age.
1: Yeah. talking yeah. to young up-and-comers. ECW. <laughs> the angle where Diesel used Mad Dog Vashan's oh. artificial leg was very similar and perhaps copied... WWF copying ECW from something ECW did only a few months back, where two Cold Scorpio used an artificial arm from a fan. (laughs) Uh, Dave says, actually, come to think of it, a whole hell of a lot of WWF TV recently is strikingly familiar to last year's ECW, such as... Two Simones dressed up to look exactly like Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge happened on ECW. We'll talk more about that kind of angle Mm. later. Several of the spots in the Michaels-Diesel matches, the parade of women with boob jobs around ringside, and angle a minute with all the sexual overtones, etc. WF becoming more like ECW? Mm, Imagine such a wild thing. Mm. Surely not. I always thought their attitude was more of a verbal attitude. (laughs) A bit of WCW that made me laugh. They oh. have been running. I don't know if they have yet. Where you are in the, in the uh, Nitro podcast, but the Blood Runs Cold promos have been running. Ah, we've not reached Blood Runs Cold yet. But, uh, but I, for one, am
0: excited for it.
1: Who could it be about? Dave Meltzer. Ooh, probably. Prob- he's got prob- it. probably probably referred to Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: No. Was there genuinely a thought,
1: like a school of thought, that was like? He's put the blood-brung cold promos. Probably probably refer to the impending arrival of Kevin Nash and or Scott Hall. God. And I've just put it at the end. <laughs> oh bloody hell. Yeah. That can't be right. And then the rest of it there is there is quite a lot of WWF news this week. Okay, hit us with it. Right. Jim Helwig's Ultimate Creations and Titan Sports have joined together in a business partnership where Titan will promote Warriors Gym in Phoenix and use it as a WWF training center. Why would you want Warrior training people? And also promote his other merchandise, including his comic book. In return, he hasn't left yet. <laughs> did, did Jim Helwig write
0: that? He did. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, the destruction in every man's soul means that kind of, This is what kind of the Warrior University thing was going to be. Basically, yeah. it was them sort of setting up a wrestling training school. But the Warrior, with the Warrior, what of all the wrestlers on your roster
1: to teach you how to wrestle? You're choosing the Ultimate Warrior. He's going to teach you how to do rails of cocaine at inhuman speed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's about it. What's a headlock takedown? I don't know, but follow me. I'll show you how to run.
1: Talking of uh, i I'm getting blown up. I haven't figured that part out yet. I was nearly about to say talking of cocaine, but I'm not going to say that. Talking of developmental talent. (laughs) (laughs) Two names have signed contracts. Oh, I like this bit. The Punisher, who Dave thinks is called Ben Buchanan. Do we know his real name? Barry Buchanan. Who is better known as? Bull Buchanan. Also known as? Neil Buchanan. Also known as? B squared. Also known as? (laughs) uh the interrogator no. the sniper recon
0: recon recon also known as
1: a uh, big black boy
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, right right to, right the
1: Right, of all we yeah <laughs> oh right to bobby Cannon, yeah <laughs> you got the name right i just thought i'd be an arse so yeah bobby can signed to a developmental deal at this time in 96 and Dwayne Johnson, he's got the name right, son of Rocky Johnson, grandson of Peter Maivere. So they're signed to developmental contracts, which basically pay the guys $300 or so per week to augment their income while gain experience, which in each case, each's case will likely be in the USWA.
0: Well, I'm excited to see what kind of mega superstar Barry Buchanan becomes. I'm sure the other lad'll do fine too. Three hundred dollars a week, which is up from the seven dollars that he had in his pocket when he left. I don't know whether he's ever told you that. Dwayne Johnson had only had seven dollars to his name when he decided to become a millionaire. Yeah. I believe his strategy was he bought a scratch card. (laughs) <laughs> and won a million and then he was
1: the rock he was the rock then <laughs> that's exactly what happened he went with this money i've got enough money to buy a diamond aka known as a rock which is me i <laughs> am now the diamond the rock i'm now the rock here is my gym i'll have i'll have a little workout in it and do
0: a video for something called instagram oh it's leg day <laughs> here i am be a be, hey, look be a
1: good person <laughs> hello i'm the rock I'm the Rock. I'm lovely, unless you give me a chair, in which case I'm a cunt.
0: <laughs> Come see me movie about the comic book man.
1: About <laughs> Bob <Bull> Buchanan. <laughs>
0: the Rock starring in a movie about Bob Buchanan.
1: Yeah, of course, the obvious way around Elsewhere, Jim Nighthart will be returning for some shots. Oh right,
0: <laughs>
1: with Shawn Michaels.
0: Let's yeah. go to the bar. <laughs> Down it,
1: down. <laughs> so. He's not wrestling. He's just going for a drink he's, with him. He's just set it up. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Cover some shots. I'm like, all right, Anvil. Do you want, do you want a bottle of Blood Gnome? <laughs> blood Gnome? <laughs> <laughs> no. What would Blood Gnome be? Stout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: If, if if anyone's going to get fucking gout, it's going to be Jim Ninehart. Jim Ninehart
1: is. Definitely got all the hallmarks of a gouty. He's drinking Guinness <laughs> and eating pork. <laughs> it's, 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 until his crotch freezes up. Jim, what have I told you? Put your pork pie down before you go for a shite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll go ah! cold.
0: <laughs> That's how Jim Nidhart got gout. He sat on the shitter for 20 minutes drinking Guinness and a pork pie.
1: So if you went to the Har house in the 90s and wondered why there was a jar of Coleman's mustard by the toilet, it was for <laughs> it was for his <laughs> toilet pork pie. <laughs>
0: So he can lean over and have a little dip-dip.
1: Dip-dip. of it in.
0: Where's your dad, Natalie? <laughs> oh, he's just on the shit with his pork pie. He'll be down in about an hour. <laughs> You'll read the paper as well. you read Exchange of Mark. <laughs> listen, if you listen closely, you can hear him chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those prices are hilarious uh. in Exchange of Mark. So... <laughs> <laughs> so so, so uh, the, an- the anvil might be coming back. That's great. That's great news. I'm so happy. Uh, it's a great day for
1: all involved. <laughs> I was going to say, this is actually a, a link in news of people shitting in regards to the situation with Sonny from the European House. Oh,
0: because she, took so she was on the European House Show tour. Somebody did poo in her dinner, and she came home early. She was like, "Can't believe someone pooed in me lunch." It wasn't Jim Nida. No, you know. We know that for a fact. It wasn't. No, no, because we eat take an hour. <laughs> it's like, "Hold it, yeah. hold it." I got caught. Jim, come on, mate. No, hold it. No. Don't, Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't look at me. Oh god, I can't do it without my pork pie. <laughs> Someone so go get Jim a pork pie! Quick!
1: <laughs> you put some mustard by the door. Oh shit, mustard kings down the street. I'll be oh, back my... in ten. Don't worry, I brought some with me.
0: Bulldog opens out his pockets where he's just got loose mustard. <laughs> Why is it in your
1: pockets, Bulldogs? I was doing a subtick. <laughs> I've got six hectares of mustard. <laughs> hectares! <laughs> he measures mustard in
0: hectares. Davy boy. Fucking yes, of course he does. Uh. <laughs> I've got how many hectares of mustard would you like with your burger? An eighth? Uh, <laughs> that's get, still quite a lot. Get a measure. <laughs> that's still quite, a, a 20th? I mean, that's still a lot. Yeah. Uh, Oh, hang
1: on. I forgot to square it. Um, (laughs) So at this time, it's being reported that Sonny is the most downloaded woman in the United States. Hair coming back from Europe a few days early. (sighs) Composure. was a company decision and not her decision, apparently. WWF were going to send two employees back a few days early to deliver tapes, likely the Jake Roberts bulldog angle from Munich. And it's supposed to be a ref and a member of the ring crew delivering the tapes. At the last minute, Lisa Wolf of Titan Human Resources switched it from the ref to Sonny, apparently because Wolf had already heard of the problems in Europe and wanted Sonny out of the situation because WWF is incredibly over-careful about subjects like sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also been told the term romantic triangle was not an accurate description of her situation, but she and Skip were heavily rode and ribbed during the tour by the Click. So which member of the clique do we reckon did a shit on their lunch? Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. 100 sure, Michael. Yeah.
0: I love there's a number of things I love in this. I love that WWE are very concerned about sexual harassment because we are currently in the height of uh, a storyline, which the the main storyline for Raw at the moment is sexual harassment. Yeah. Um. I also love the fact, and not to discount like the fact that if people were shit to Sonny, then get get bent because that's awful behaviour. Uh, and I'm glad that they're bringing it out of the situation. But can I also say as a child of the 80s, I really appreciate the fact that in order to get footage from the tour, they had to have somebody with VHS tapes travel back to America. Brilliant, isn't it? I love that. I love that so much. Like that's, that's, real, that's the real nostalgia hitting right in the soul for me. We all appreciate the fact that we could re- record and listen to anything anywhere all of the time because everywhere's got fiber optic broadband. Now, back then, we've got to get a flight home to drop
1: these tapes off at Vince's house. But imagine, like, Jimmy Corderas fucking up and accidentally putting it through the sky. He's like, oh, shit. It's <laughs> gonna... Oh, I've wiped it. <laughs> that must have, there must
0: have been a few cases where, yeah. like, the whole show has got lost through some sort of technical issue or, yeah, you know, yeah. Jimmy Corderas having, like, a loose bag with all of them in and then accidentally knocking over and,
1: like, a peach snaps into the bag or something. Oh, no. Oh, lads, I've ruined the tour. It's like when I was on the holiday recently, I've got a... Um, a 35mm film camera. I oh, know, you wow. wouldn't guess by looking at me. <laughs> you? Um, you seem so modern. But you have to ask when you're going through your security, give your film to someone saying, can you just like hand check these? So they basically open it and make sure you haven't got like fucking squirrel fare or drugs in it. Mm-hmm. And they just go, yeah, that's all right. Because if you put it through the scanner it'll just fuck it. Hello, I'm from the past. Can yes. you
0: check this technology for me,
1: Oh, what's the time? Better turn me <laughs> fucking hourglass <laughs> upside down.
0: <laughs> Yeah, they said, said our oh, plane will be in an hour. Okay, Sean. Turn, this, uh, turn the hourglass around.
1: Wait for the sand to run out, and then we'll go. I'm going to go outside to chew on a stalk of wheat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. That'll pass
1: 20 sand
0: grains. <laughs> Order me another hectare of mustard. <laughs> Once c 3 kid will be out of action for a while. Yeah, so this, on this raw, this is the last time we see him ever. Possibly.
1: Ooh. Because I know this is the last time we see others, but I didn't even contemplate one, two, three. I think it is. I might be wrong. Well, Dave's speculating he might have another concussion, which would be around number 13 for him. Or, or, Or unless you put number 13 during the European tour. So he's been vague as usual. So either one to three kids had thirteen concussions or there have been thirteen concussions on this tour. Mm. But it's back in the nineties and you are just like, Concussion, get along with it, Fanny. I would I would
0: kinda hope that I mean, Bret Hart had like three concussions and yeah. the end of his career. I don't think Sean Watman had thirteen concussions in a in
1: yeah. a couple of weeks. I've had at least two and I'm fine. <laughs> How do you get your two concussions? it's at least two. Um I had I think either one or two when I was a toddler and social services had to come around. Oh, shit. But they just found out that I was just a fucking gormless toddler. <laughs> like, I think I fell. I fell down the stairs. I definitely got one when I was in play school because I was running into, you know, like a little Wendy playhouse thing. I just ran full force, took it the brunt of the door oh. frame of the Wendy House to the head and KO'd myself. Jeez. My dad said like later on he was doing like passing his finger in front of my eyes and I was just sat there just like uh, and being sick. Oh Christ. Another time in play school I tripped while running and headbutted the floor. Um I headbutted a wall once when I was <gasps> when I was eighteen, I dove into a, a swimming pool in the deep end and somehow headbutted the floor underwater. My eyebrows popped out not popped out like, but they'd swollen up and I was bleeding under the skin I thought it was hysterical my mate said it was f- f- terrifying because I just stood up and just started giggling and ran away and I knocked myself out once um, trying to frighten a mate who was on the phone he was on the phone to some, some lady and I ran to jump into the room and again because I was now a fully grown man jumped and hit the actual door frame with my head and KO'd myself so I've got a terrible, terrible memory. That's probably because of all the blunt force trauma, to my head. Bloody hell. And there was the time that The Rock hit me with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> There's that as well. Ten times over going, yeah.
0: this is what you wanted, isn't it? Fuck off. I bet he's never apologised.
1: Never. Piece of shit. He didn't even give me one of his seven books.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get a concussion? Classic
1: at Cultaholic.com. <laughs> concussion stories. Overall house business for the WWF has basically doubled from this time last year and per show average is the highest it's been in many years. Although comparing with early 92, for example, in those days, WWF ran 40 split crew shows per month, so an A show and a B show, averaging 6,000 plus per event. But now they run 13 loaded shows per month with the same average. Uh, It's the best business since 1992. So we're on an upswing. Oh, good show i right, got two, nice to hear. two more for you. One an actual story and one just a silly bit of bollocks. So as we saw in your house, Goldust and the Ultimate Warrior had a classic. Oh, they that they did. That they did. So apparently the story is WWF were expecting Goldust to work a limited match at the event up until basically the last day because um, they were hoping his leg would just heal quicker than it had, but it just didn't. It was still fucked. Uh, they set up what turned out to be pretty well-acknowledged as a bad situation for what was meant to be a five-minute segment, segment including ring introductions, which they figured would at least get them out of the jam. If that was five minutes long, mm. Goldust and Warrior having a fight would be fine. As it turned out, the thing went closer to 11 minutes, which was way too long. Ended up cutting the Body donors, body Donners-Godwins match back from 18 minutes to seven minutes. <laughs> but the Vader-Ramon match <clears throat> earlier was lengthened because after the Warrior deal, which they hoped originally it would be a decent match because of Goldust. They felt they needed a second strong match because everyone figured the main event would be strong. So, Bader Ramon was good. So, um, was, was that meant to be shorter sharper? It was meant to be sharper shorter and... and sharper, but they thought, ah, oh, fuck, people
0: are going to be fuming if we've only got one match. And we've Oh, got... I never even thought of it like that. Yeah. Obviously, I think in terms of like the, the length of a match, but in terms of like, oh, no, we need a, we need a banger of a match.
1: Yeah, and it was a good match. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> one last little bit of bollocks. The Omaha World Herald... Spoke about in your house and got lots of things wrong, including a reference to Ahmed the Snake Johnson, who brought a snake to the ring.
0: <laughs> oh, I like it! I like it when outlets that aren't wrestling talk about wrestling. Uh, in the in this this coming week on the Classic Nitro review, they talk about a a a, 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 a race show that uh, what's it called? Like a, like an, what do they call the Speedway. Like a Speedway. Oh, speedway, 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 Speedway. The WCW stars were at as pit crew. Oh, NASCAR. The NASCAR. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have I learned today that pushed NASCAR out? I don't know. But they were at a NASCAR event and uh, the WCW talent was there
1: working the pit. Multiple outlets said stars of the World Wrestling Federation were there. And I was like, ah, oh, no. Talking about weird cases of mistaken identity, I was on Instagram and my suggested for you based on algorithms is it's basically here's toys here's wrestling here's skateboarding and shoes and there's obviously there's a lot of rhea ripley fan accounts because everyone kind of has a crush on rhea ripley at this point absolutely and there was i just saw a picture of rhea ripley being interviewed by our very own sam driver and the caption said, Rhea Ripley, we've caught a hollocks own Tom Campbell. No way! <laughs> I've got it saved on my phone, I'll send it to oh! you. So uh yeah. Sam's far more handsome. They should
0: have known the difference. Both, I love that. Both lovely boys, in we're We're both own, right? all right, aren't we? Both yeah. all right. I love that. That um the Sam Driver chat with Rhea Ripley, I think, I, th- I think it sat at like over a quarter of a million on our channel because I I stitched up Sam something rotten in that by <laughs> because we had the thing where we, we asked the of their most Googled questions when mm. we were there at Clash of the Castle. And one of the questions was, you know, uh, it was about Rhea Ripley. Like, Can Rhea Ripley choke me? So obviously. And Sam's Sam very keen to point out to Rhea, these aren't my questions. These are someone else's. So in the interview, Sam goes, will Rhea Ripley choke me? And they both fall about laughing. And then I have to get the mic at the end for something else. And I go, Sam, I don't remember writing that last one. <laughs> I don't know why you said that. And Rhea's just dying laughing and Sam's gone beat Rhea.
1: I remember after, because I was on the news desk when you were in Wales, and when I got those through and I was watching, I was like, Rhea Ripley seems bloody lovely. Oh, she's
0: great. She's a big Cotaholic fan. Hey. That's the best
1: part. She watches the news videos on the morning. Yeah. So
0: we always do a Rhea Ripley story. We always say, good morning, Rhea. We know Rhea Ripley and Wolfgang from NXT UK hey. <clears throat> watch it. So we always say, good morning to Barry. So is that your version of uh, hello to Jason Isaacs?
1: <clears throat> yes, it is. Yes. yes. yes.
0: Hello to Rhea Ripley is my hello to Jason Isaacs. And my hello, Barry. Hello, Barry. Hello, Barry. So I don't know whether they, I don't know whether they listen to the podcast. I'd like to think they do. They probably have other things going on. They just like the little ten-minute news bite for the day. they Are quite important? Are not they, they? They are somewhat important. But uh, hello, if you do, if you happen to find yourself here, sometimes it's always nice to hear from thee. So is that all the? Is that the news that is the news for this week on May the sixth, nineteen ninety-six? That is our fucking record-breaking preamble out the way. Record-breaking. No, I think we've done a preamble longer than an hour. Do you reckon? I reckon so. And that was 41 minutes. Yay! I think. By the time this has been tweaked, it would probably be about 40. (laughs) Because I will only take out the the pause at the middle as we get set up. So the pause (coughs) at the beginning as we get set up. Let's go through Monday Night Raw for May the 6th, 1996. Uh, We begin with a tribute package
1: for Ray Stevens, who passed away this week. A past former tag team partner. Yes. Um, Because Dave mentioned it in the Observer saying it was nice to see it acknowledged because in the past, WWF, would just be like, no, no one dies. Mm. And WCW be like, no, no, no one dies. Nope. Like, do, we do apparently didn't even really say anything about Kerry Von Erich, and they were just like, no, 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 no. It's weird, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Very rare do they ever acknowledge it. Um, Obviously, I think because this is Pat Patterson's former tag partner, and Pat Patterson was, I don't know whether he was still involved in the company at this point, but regardless, I know him and
1: Vince were close friends for, yes. for life. So Pat's, at this moment in time, Pat's come back in. Not officially Mm. after having to leave due to the sex scandal. But he he is back in a kind of advisory role. So I can't help but feel that the Ray Stevens nod is because of that connection. I always thought it was weird with Vince because like you said, for many accounts, a bit of a cold man, brutal, a bit ruthless. But then honoring like the wishes of his dad and looking after James Dudley and stuff like this, where he could have said, we'll give a tribute to your mate and stuff like that. It's Mm. the weird warmth of Vince McMahon. As opposed to the other side of him, which was just lunatic.
0: I feel like I feel like there is a warmth <laughs> with certain people. Like you see it when he talked about the Undertaker, yeah, and how emotional he got speaking about like the Undertaker coming to an end at the end of his career. Like John Cena was at Vince McMahon's birthday party recently. so yeah. there's obviously a lot of love there. There's there like I think if you're in Vince's sort of inner circle, I think if mentally he accepts you, then you're there for life.
1: Yeah. Because you know, there's, there's the other one, isn't it? The him and Brock Lesnar are good mates. The videos we'll get in the next couple of years on this the uh, WWF icons video with like Ernie Ladd and um, <clears throat> Hollywood Fashion Plate, Adrian Adonis, no Hogan's manager, Freddie Blassie. Ah, okay, saying, Freddie Blassie. they no longer cheer for, uh, for me, I cheer for them. Apparently, when Vince first saw that, he burst into tears. I, didn't I he? remember reading that as well, yeah, saying that like, yeah, that was a
0: beautiful thing. Yeah, there's a few on Vince's inner circle. Yeah. You know, like, if you're in, then you're in. Uh, we then go to uh, an ex wife of a pro wrestler who calls Shawn Michaels a home wrecker. Her identity is blacked out, so we can't see her, but she's promising to dish the dirt. On the WWF Champion tonight on Raw, we have the titles and we are underway as the 1-2-3 kid makes his way to the ring. Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon are ringside alongside Vince McMahon's future son-in-law and heir apparent Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm. Uh, we get a little recap of Hunter hitting Mark Merrow with a pedigree at the free-for-all before In Your House. Mm. There you go. Uh, the kid looking very thin. He did look. Didn't look massively well. No.
1: Um, not a happy
0: camper at this point, either. Gr-
1: growing out his hair and beard, so he's just he's just six now, isn't he?
0: Yeah, this yeah. is it. It's the beginning of six, but all his mates are leaving, so I don't think he's in a very good place mentally.
1: Mm. Uh, Hunter is talking well
0: posh on commentary, saying that he doesn't think Mark Merrow is, has what it takes to be a star mm. as this match gets underway. Moments later, Mark Merrow hits a dive to the outside where he lands on his head yeah. like Jackie Orlando diving into a pool. <laughs> I've ad-libbed that bit based on new information. Yeah. Uh, Martin Martin Mera's springboard splash gets countered with some knees to the gut and the kid takes over. Hunter is on commentary throughout all of this. His cadence is basically everybody doing
1: an impression of a posh person. And he also said, he's a lot of buy things, but lingual ain't one of them.
0: Oh. (laughs) Not yet. There's a few. (laughs) Uh, Lawler says that uh, he talks about Sable at ringside for Mark He Says her expression never changes. Lawler says that Hunter once blew into her ear and she thanked him for the refill. Hunter then says, I've seen her expression change. Probably insinuating they had sex a headlock takedown with tongue action from the kid he gives it a little bit of a bet to the to the cat to the camera like he's a cat and he's been meh.
1: thrown up the too sweet and everything
0: yeah i think he's really sad that his mates are going yeah. and he's just getting it out of his system mero after about 7000 years in a headlock start, finally started to fight back to his feet a wild man chance burst out Hunter is upset with this and he stands up on commentary. Who's in charge here, Vince? asks Hunter. It'll be you in a bit, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> I like any interactions with Vince and Hunter herself around this time where it's like knowing what we know now, like oh I, yeah, uh, 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 that'll be you. Can, can I carry your bags, Vince? Ooh, can I carry your company, Vince? Mero fights back after the break, hits a double axe handle, and the bad day to the outside. It is the bad day, isn't it? Not the bad mood. I often get them mixed up. It's bad something. (laughs) It's a bad landing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, that was earlier, the bad landing. Helmsley is on the move uh, around the outside. He helps the kid get back into the ring. And then as Mero goes up for something off the top, uh, Hunter grabs his leg and pulls him down. Now, kid takes advantage of this, goes and hits a superplex, but Mero adjusts in midair and covers the kid for the one, two, three. Oh. Cool little finish. Helmsley legs it as Mero celebrates. Mm. I thought it was a really... Cool finish. And do you know what? Despite the massive headlock in the middle, not a terrible match.
1: I thought it was a good match between good workers. And crowd were into it, because last week they were a dead crowd. Mm. Why didn't they run this last week to start the show off hot, rather than with all the bollocks they had?
0: It is an interesting choice. Whether or not they did, is this, I can't, because I don't think this is live.
1: Oh, actually, this one's taped, so they may have <laughs> ran this
0: first i haven't got the running on in front of me in terms of what they ran yeah but i know sometimes they do tape stuff out of order yeah so like they'll start taping raw for next week at the start and then in the middle they'll do the live raw for this week and then stick around till the end you'll get the next part of the first part of raw yeah it's just a way of again like controlling the flow of the audience and also trying not to Leak results, yeah, easier because we're at this point now where WCW is spoiling Raw where it can. So by moving some of the matches around, I guess it keeps people yeah, guessing as to what see. goes where. There's one... TNA did something similar, of course they did with their when they had a they had a long stop down because they have money issues and they ran like a, a twelve week world title eliminator tournament. So they just had a bunch of singles matches that like just seemed like completely inconsequential to the live crowd, but then they're all in groups and they all get points Yeah, and they're all broken up with Josh Matthews going, well, he's earned this many points in this group and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, in the, one of my favorite matches from that particular TNA tournament, by the way, uh, was Grado versus Rockstar Spud, oh. in which they just ran all their favorite WrestleMania main event endings. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's on the YouTube channel somewhere. It's
1: great. Oh, fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, one notable thing from this match, though, um, I was watching it and Aiden Gibbons looked over and he saw the bit where there's a bit where Mark Merrow whips uh, Irish whips Waltman Sean Waltman to the outside and he goes just crashing to the outside it's uh, the most hellacious bump he basically just flies over the top but rather than like getting whipped and putting his hand on the apron and rolling out he just fucking goes flying and Aiden just went Jesus Christ <laughs> it was mental yeah. he just gives it some doesn't he he
0: goes flying out of the ring
1: socks. and considering Dave's just reported that he's apparently concussed to fuck. <laughs>
0: mad bump to take. Mad, mad bum to take. Uh, backstage. Uh, so as we say, this might be the last time we see the one, two, three kid because of said concussions. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, backstage, uh, we can confirm that Savio Vega and Steve Austin, the Caribbean strap match is on. <coughs> In your house, beware of dog. However, DiBiase signs on behalf of Austin with the caveat that if Savio Vega loses, he becomes Ted DiBiase's chauffeur. Oh. Oh, and I believe we'll add another step in yeah. the weeks to come, which will see the end of Teddy Viozzi. Mm. Uh, we go to footage of a lady whose identity has been concealed for her protection. And she has the dirt on Shawn Michaels. <laughs> now, there's a bit where the audio is reversed to protect the identity, because she goes, my husband. So, me being the audio wizard that I am, I ran the 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 word through the system, and disappointingly it's nobody's name. No. It's the word husband but reversed. Ah! Oh. So they take each instant where she says husband, and then next to it they play it backwards. Yeah, oh, that's. <laughs> I was a bit yeah. disappointed. I was hoping they say a husband the bulldog, <laughs> or so I was very disappointed by that. But it's uh, that's all it was. They Not just... null. No. <laughs> Eight hundred and seventy-one. Selim. <laughs> It's the, uh, the last time I did research like that, I got a similar result, was when, out of morbid curiosity, when I was just discovering editing software, I recorded the bit of Paul Simons, You Can Call Me Al, and it's the, the guitar bass, slap bass guitar breakdown yeah. near the end, where it goes, and I realized, oh, that's just that bit, but reversed. They'd play it forward and then play it backwards because I I'd put it through the reverse thing and I was like, it sounds the same. That was a fun little bit when <laughs> first used, maybe Microsoft audio editor or Windows <laughs> Movie Maker or something. I got very excited. Why is that. that very cute? A
1: just, this. A cute boy, oh, oh, I'm just a cute
0: boy, and oh. I? just a cute boy, me. I just, I I got quite alone. I had a lot of alone time when I was younger. Uh, so let's talk about this. <laughs> It's fine now, I'm over it. It's Friday. It's Monday. Didn't want to chat. Who knows when it is? Whatever day it is, you're listening to this. You're enjoying it, and thank you. It's free. Um, Now, (laughs) this is fucking free, to be fair. (laughs) Uh, So this woman says that Sean wanted to discuss with her a problem that he was having with her husband. Husband. Uh, It got a bit hot and heavy. Uh, she says he smelled so good and she looked great and uh, they ended up going to bed together. She said that Shawn Michaels was the best that she'd ever had. <laughs> best what, friend? And she told her how special she was to him. However, when Shawn wrestled her husband, he was thrown off by him. So obviously this was some sort of strategy to, to throw the, the competitor off the case, allowing Shawn to win, which is must be it's an exhausting bit of bit of strategy if you're wrestling, like 50 55 matches a year yeah
1: like oh, God, so and if their wife now if their husband's on the road then why isn't Sean on the road he's coming off the road to uh, get in a road it, it there's roads <laughs> up uh. yeah. <laughs> I remember th- this bit really threw me for a loop when he was just like yeah and he used that strategy to win it was like oh so so they are maintaining kayfabe that wrestling's an actual sport. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. for- I forgot. Yeah, because it's easy just to go, this is a real, somebody
0: really complained that Sean was a bit of a love rat, yeah. which he was in real life, which mm. is amazing. She said Sean threw her away like an old shoe. <laughs> Fuck off, shoe. Don't know what that line made me laugh. Like an
1: old shoe. Is it because you're just imagining Shawn Michael shagging a shoe? <laughs>
0: I think that's what it is.
1: Sticking his knob in the middle bit, like,
0: <laughs> and then chucking it out a window.
1: Oh. So some, some passerby taking a wet shoot of it. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: Sean! Stop throwing these women out.
1: Closes the curtain for peeking <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> Sean, you must stop mistreating women. <laughs> We're all getting hurt. Sean knew I couldn't resist him. He ruined everything. This mystery woman says, uh, "Terribly acted, hilariously done." <laughs>
1: the bit I loved about it is. You can tell Vince McMahon is handling this. He's like, S- "You gotta say that Sean ruined your life, but make sure you say that he's amazing in bed."
0: Yes, <laughs> they were very much. They very much wanted everyone to know that he is sexy
1: and he is a good shag. Yeah, but he's also a bad person. <laughs> he won't. He won't make you a sandwich afterwards. <laughs> he'll. He'll take your spare change and call a cop despite being a millionaire.
0: <laughs> Vince encourages us to not believe the reports of a mystery woman claiming to have had a tortured affair and dismisses the claims outright despite mounting evidence. He follows it up with playing a clip of Shawn Michaels so people can see that he's appearing on TV despite the carnal accusations made in the hopes that they'll simply go away maybe with some financial
1: encouragement. (laughs) (laughs) Sexual harassment in the WWF is taken very seriously. Paul Levesque was ringside. Uh, (laughs) It's just as well.
0: <laughs> far too. He's making a difference. He's facing our oh, mate, the British Bulldog.
1: Oh, still in his undies from last <laughs> week.
0: <laughs> he's still in his grundies. And he's got Diana Hartsmith and Jim Cornette with him.
1: Oh, the terrible trio.
0: The, the, the unholy triad. Uh, she's there because, according to Jerry Lawler, she can't be trusted, or Sean can't be trusted, with, with her on her own backstage in case he tries to... Uh, a accost her once more. Yeah, like get the woman and pepper spray. Like clearly, if this is a big, or if this is a big problem, maybe just have a word with Shawn Michaels.
1: Or evidence know. is mounting. Get your two brothers who work there, and your husband, and the other fifty heart family members to come and just like be like.
0: Hang out with us, it's alright. Yeah, stay near the the rest. Of the the half is it funny how the half family grows and shrinks depending on the circumstance?
1: Yeah. All of a sudden, there's no one there
0: for Bulldog. Jesus Christ! Brett breaks a toenail. Fucking Bruce and the whole gang are there.
1: Teddy busts out of jail. He's I'm like, just <laughs> like,
0: what "Come get that toenail!" Far too leads the U.S. leads the crowd in USA chants. Obviously cheering for American Samoa. Famous line from Savage on commentary when the head stringers were chanting, were had USA chants." For them against the quebecers that's savage that is amazing i'm just cheering for american Samoa. words Fatu starts strong in this. Bulldog's livid about it. He goes to get a hug off his wife and she checks his eye, mm. presumably for charisma. Bulldog <laughs> goes for a test of strength on Fatu. Bulldog tries to cheap shot with a headbutt. What <laughs> a fucking idiot. You don't headbutt a Samoan. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. So, so he eats a headbutt off Fatu. But however, he does catch Fatu running towards the ropes with a ball hanger. where he's sort of like, sort of like a, It's meant to be like a, like a, a stun gun but Fartu gets a lot of height and he ends up crotch chopping yeah. on the top rope. And then Bulldog does his, his now infamous running clothesline where he kind of makes an L shape yeah. as he hits a clothesline. You know, it's a, no one does a clothesline like Bulldog. It's, like, it's not like a straight line. And I'm sure that Dynamite Kid, in his, in his book where he basically just hates everything, uh, he does talk about how much this pissed him off because obviously it meant that a few people got their jaw like knocked silly. Yeah, because bulldog would hit the clothesline and then sort of pull his hand away.
1: Yeah, because it'd pop your
0: it pop your jaw. And I know that I know that Tom Billington was very upset about that. Which is saying because in his book he was not he was so quiet and placid. He's
1: like I've never intentionally broken anyone's jaw. <laughs>
0: Bulldog on the offense here. He throws Fatu into the steel steps. Uh, Fatu tries for a corner shoulder block, but Bulldog dodges it to stay in the lead. Now, as this is happening, we see some people on the rampway. It could be the Samoan Gangster Party. It is the Samoan Gangster Party. I can tell you that it is uh, Lloyd Mm -hmm. Anawaii, who uh, was... uh, It's Rosie, isn't it? it? It is, but he went under another name in ECW.
1: Ooh, Lloyd Anoa'i.
0: Is
1: the initials Buchanan. Are, the, Buchanan. Yeah,
0: couldn't say the, Buchanan. Fuck me. The the initials are involved. <laughs> the initials. His initials are involved in the name
1: in ECW. L E, L E
0: smooth. L A smooth.
1: Ah, oh L yeah, A. Yeah, Lloyd Anoa'i smooth. Fuck. F- but you
0: think Los Angeles smooth. Yeah. So that's, that's for, you're forgiven for that. Yeah. Uh, and the other is indeed Samu from the Samoan Gangster Party. Uh, fresh from doing a whole lot of nothing for a bit outside of doing some stuff with Lloyd Anawaii. And here they are in their suits and boots and here to keep an eye on their family. I thought they looked 90s cool. They look cool. Yeah. I liked them a lot. This is a cool little bit. So they're just at ringside just chatting and pointing at Fatu not really getting involved in any way, shape, or form. But Too I don't think, even acknowledges them. No. Um, Cornette, meanwhile, stomps on Too, who gets low-blowed by the Bulldog and hoied to the outside. Uh, we then see Too power up when he dodges a leg drop from Bulldog. He lands a lovely cutter out of the corner, but only gets two. A Jim Cornette distraction leads to a big clothesline that turns Too inside out. And then we get a running power slam from Bulldog for the one, the two, and the three. Post match, Fatu is approached by the Samoan gangsters. He brushes them off by saying, "You're not my family. The WWF are my family." To which they all cheer. He probably gets he probably gets sacked shortly after. Uh, that's family, except when it's business.
1: Your thoughts on Fatu and Bulldog? Uh, decent match. Um, they got, there was some audio sweetening. Yes, but you can tell. There were chants as well. Um, the USA chant was very real. USA chant, and there was Fatu chants. I think part of it was just Davy Boy acting the bollocks at one point. He does a fucking hand, handspring, doesn't he? It's oh, the...
0: fuck yeah. I've got to mention that. Yeah. He's, he's... doing
1: Steiner push ups and then does a handspring. It's like, Jesus, Davy. He does a roly poly into a Shawn Michaels pose. Yeah. Because, you know. This is just, just Davy being amazing. But um, Fatu looked good, got a decent reaction. Nice storyline progression for Fatu. Mm, I wonder where that will go. Spoiler. This is the last time we'll see Fatu. <laughs> He'll have two more superstar matches and that's it. The WWF <laughs> of my family. <laughs> see ya.
0: <laughs> I hate that
1: family line.
0: Not, not because I don't... I, I, I It's lovely to go, oh yeah, the company of my family, but they're not, they're, they're an employer. Yeah. And it's like... You can't, but yeah, but we're family at the WWE, except when we are a business, in which case, fuck it, we're not a family. You're fired. Yeah. I don't like the line we're family. You're you're an employer, and that's all right. You're not even an employer because you're an independent contractor. <laughs> you contract it.
1: You sometimes get paid. Yes,
0: exactly. Next week it's Shawn Michaels versus Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Mm. Interesting battle of the click. And Duke Drosy faces Vader. Uh, plus we'll have a chat with The Undertaker who is in action in our main event this week uh, coming up next, right now, it is tag team action. Fuck yes! Techno Team 2000! Eric, watts it, Get it! Oh, oh, there is Travis and Troy! Yes. Eric Watson, the other one!
1: And listen to that reaction. It almost sounds like it's from a can. Oh,
0: and the crowd go mild for Techno Team 2000. Oh, first time seeing them in ages. Uh, they're taking on the body donors. We get a close up of somebody wearing a sunny t shirt that I don't understand, Jackets. The sunny t shirt that has a photo of Sunny chalking up some a snooker cue with this with this with this quote of the buffer saying, I like it. <laughs> Not even a snooker pun. I like it. Well, as we all know. Don't
1: make any Sonny was first approached by Chaz and Dave to do Snooker Loopy. Ah. But then when that didn't happen, they'd be like, oh, let's get like Willie Thorne and the lads in and stuff. But
0: we've made all these
1: t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's a forgotten fact that, that Sonny was going to do Snooker Loopy. Snooker Loopy, nuts are we, yeah. Chaz and Dave and their Sonny. Sonny. Yeah.
0: That was the original thing.
1: <laughs> We'll show you what you can do with a plate of lunch and a big old pig. <laughs>
0: Oh. You can't appreciate it if you're listening to the podcast, but Jackins has got a smile on his face where he knows it was good. Yeah. He he lined up, he got the pitch before the before he swung the bat, he knew it was a home run. A wink to the front <laughs> row. <round.
1: laughs>
0: he knew it was a home run before the wood had hit the ball. Great, stuff. <laughs> great news. Um, yeah. So Sunny uh, with the body donors here. Jerry Lawler says that Shaw Michaels has the making of a George C. Scott who had many tumultuous marriages. Vince tells us everything is only alleged. It doesn't matter. Vince seemingly very... has a lot of strong opinions on uh, on relationships <coughs> in the office. Uh, who's this making notes at ringside? It's fucking Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> he's, he's taking notes on the standard of officiating, apparently. But uh, I, I'd be livid if I was a ref. Yeah, like... If Gorilla Monsoon's got an issue with my job, yeah. let him come and tell me. Don't send this little fucking weirdo to go, mm. he didn't put his hand down, bubble. <laughs>
1: he's
0: got fucking... Someone's just being like, why aren't you watching Hebner? He's shit. <laughs> yeah. That's it, isn't it? He- Hebner is, is sort of held up in high regard as one of the best of all time. Yeah. But if you look at the job description, he's awful. Kayfabe, he's a terrible ref. Yeah. Terrible ref. But he, but he rose through the ranks to become senior ref.
1: Yeah. For being shit. Yeah, well, he came in as a ruse because he was taking the place of his brother. Yes! And then in kayfabe, he's very biased and he puts his hands on the on the talent all the time and he always misses stuff and he makes up the rules and they're just like, a pr- fall upwards, Dave. Fall upwards. Yeah. Proper, he, he proper did. It's livid, I'd be livid.
0: But is this leading to an interesting story with the refs? I don't remember anything I like this. Don't recall. I, did
1: Harvey Whippleman become a ref?
0: Most of them. He was, I he, now funny enough he would put the ref shirt on for a major referee storyline in 1999 which we talked about in the early days of the Cold Hot Classic Smackdown review. And that was when the refs went on strike. Ah, What a great story that was. So they're playing the long game. <laughs> they're playing the long game. <laughs> but they, uh, so the refs kept getting knocked down. And one day there was a bit where like three or four refs got knocked down during a a five-way free-for-all. And Earl Hebner came down to take the place of, like, the fourth ref and then just went, ah, fuck it, and walked back. Yeah. And then, like, a bunch of wrestlers just hit the ring, and it was just carnage. And the following week, there was a meeting with the refs, and the refs said, look, this is an unfit working environment. We're all on strike until we get better paid and conditions. Yeah. And so every Raw and smackdown would start with the refs picketing outside. Oh, fuck, yeah, I remember that. And then for we had, like, strike-busting refs, yeah. like Tom Pritchard scab. and Harvey Whipperman, scab, scab refs. <laughs> You know, the, like the the scabs who were just you know going into the mines instead. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's basically Billy Elliot with refs.
1: <laughs> Billy man, Billy man, yeah. don't go mines. The, do you fucking dancing? <laughs> you need to call it. Where am I from?
0: <laughs> you need to go number. You need to go number. <laughs> I'm, Domino.
1: I, I'm ready for a couple of days
0: <laughs> Anyway, Harvey uh, Whippleman's making notes Offer an official report for Gorilla Monsoon On the refereeing Vince and Jerry do put over Travis and Troy Namely how big they are They, they were long men They, <laughs> they were long
1: for, men, weren't they? Very tall
0: Jerry Lawler says they are working on a pill To make men more virile now this is this will be sildenafil, uh, c- c- okay, which would be the main ingredient for Viagra. Uh, Viagra would be a proof of medical use in 1998. Ah. So funny enough, this is Jerry Lolligan. Have you heard about this pill that gives you an erection? <laughs> Marking it down in his diary, <laughs> yeah. fucking ticking
1: off every day. <laughs> yeah, if anybody needed that, God bless him. But yeah, I like the fact that he says to Vince, "Ah, oh, Vince, you can throw your pump away." <laughs> Vince is like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. I have lots of sex with all the other women. Techno team, give it some socks, but get a tepid crowd reaction. Yeah. The body donners shut them down with a double slingshot suplex. That looks quite nice. Zip does a pathetic drop back elbow. Oh, it's awful. It's dreadful. Travis gets a hot tag. Do you know what? Some impressive stuff by Travis and Troy, but it's all for now because Skip and Zip do some sneaky double team. This leads to an impressive move followed by a shit move. Oh. oh. <laughs> Skip lands a Frankensteiner, beautiful, and then Zip puts the, puts the stank on it with like a weird sit down double axe handle. It's what the fuck was
1: that? I remember watching it. So. It's
0: like the whoopee cushion but with a with a sledge. It's like it's shit. Yeah. It's so bad.
1: Yeah. It, in real life, that would be devastating. But in the art of wrestling, it looked awful,
0: dreadful. And he sits on him for the cover for the one, two, three. The body yeah. donors pick up the dub.
1: That wasn't just that. That back elbow from Pritchard was terrible as well. He just bumped onto his own head. Um, don't forget halfway through this match as well,
0: we get a little visit from the new rockers yes. who were just watching backstage very excitedly. After they love being new rockers.
1: After us, like. Given him a shooing last week, I've turned 180 on this. Al Snow is amazing. Al's just like body down as a like, cool.
0: Yeah.
1: And Marty's like, I hate my career. And I was just like, <laughs> fucking
0: yeah. If this is the if this is the nuanced story that they tell, then yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. If it's that one guy dead excited just to be ha- just happy to be out of the house. Yeah. I'll, and the other
1: like, Fuck it, hell, this is awful. Like that's I'll, fine. He's all in on the gimmick and I'm just like mm. fucking love you all. Yeah. Mm. We're gonna
0: recap of Vader demolishing Yokozuna's leg. I mean destroying it, not eating it. There's <laughs> <laughs> There's a re- I mean he might have done both. They did nip for KFC together on an evening. There's a rematch on the cars between these two, as we find out. We go backstage where Jim Cornette is with Vader and Cornette tells Yokozuna, you'll never be a hundred percent again. You may have his strength and size, but Vader has has the speed and the heart that you lack. Ooh. Nice. I mean that's that's a good assessment to yeah. be fair. It is. When it comes to facing Duke the Dumpster Drosy next week, Jim Cornette says,
1: I can't think of a better garbage man than Vader. And all through this, it cuts the Vader, and you just look at the camera going, <laughs> a bit like Tim Allen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it kind of works for Vader just to stand there looking menacing, and Cornette does all the nice talk. Yeah. This is how it should be. Definitely. This is the, the heyday of the managers, which uh, I'm sure you're sick of talking um. about. <laughs> I think we've got
1: 55 left to right Oh, now. that list is going to be spicy. Gonna Are we getting time. it for Christmas? No. Okay. No. Uh, I'm, I'm aiming <laughs> to have it written by then, <laughs> but the Edison job on this can <laughs> take ages. But I was telling some bits to Ross, went, this sounds a bit contrary. I was like, Ross, all our lists are a bit contrary. It, <laughs> it causes <laughs> debate. It's one man's opinion. It doesn't matter.
0: Does. The whole thing is it inspires conversation. Yeah. And, it, and do you know what? It's an enjoyable view. Yeah. I like the long lists that channels like ours do. Mm. I must admit... On several occasions, I have fallen asleep listening to Ben and Peter talk me through the, the all the handheld computers from worst to best. Yes. So that's
1: a, a particularly lovely list. Yeah.
0: I like that a lot. Just yeah. put it on and I just have a little snooze.
1: My might do it tonight, actually. I do it with the triple jump ones for games that I've never even played. Because Ben's got
0: a lovely voice, hasn't
1: he? He's got a great voice. But he's got a very... The thing is what I, I... It's rich. It's rich.
0: And, and I think that there's so many people in the YouTube sphere that kind of have, have like a YouTube style cadence, but the art of the like voiceover artist yes. sometimes gets lost in no matter how like there are there are some and I won't say names because I'll just get heat and I can't be bothered with it but there's some that I listen to outside of our channel where I go like these guys are very highly regarded but as voiceover this is really bad yeah and it annoys me as someone who who does a bit of professional voiceover. But Ben Potter is an exception to that rule. Ben Potter is an is a, is a intelligent man, but a phenomenal voiceover as well. Like, he knows the, when to lift it, when to drop it, when to move it, when to change it. It's lovely. He's got a lovely tone. And, that's, and he's a pro. He's a, what a pro. What a pro. What a pro. He's a pro. And it's nice to hear a pro doing that. Peter can fuck off. Pick it in the bin.
1: No, I'm no, we love Peter. Peter's like the <laughs> nicest man.
0: Peter's also excellent. I, I And I, I apologize for not putting enough respect on the name of ni- of Tiny Peter. Uh,
1: but Peter's also excellent. But Ben does a lot of outside voiceover work well. Ben does a lot of outside well. stuff, yeah. which is why I wanted to bring up Ben. Uh,
0: and uh, I, do, I do love Ben's voiceover stuff. It's, it's really good.
1: I, I know what you mean, though, because there was several podcasts I used to listen to back in the day um, where some of them, the people actually delivering the stories fantastic journalists didn't have a voice for radio mm-hmm. there was i'm not going to name the podcast or the person but there was just someone i was just like please just clear your throat or blow oh. your nose you just sound so congested your work is fantastic but I I don't like that.
0: Yeah, it's just lost in the fact that it's not just a case of reading out words. Like, yeah. You have to do it in a certain
1: way. Says me, I fucking end up burping reading the Best <laughs> numbers that everyone messes every
0: <laughs> This doesn't count as a, as a body of professional voiceover. This work, is a
1: conversation like... between two wankers. Conversation <laughs> between
0: two wankers who <laughs> somehow have lucked out into a living where they talk about Raw from 1996. Um, Gold Dust makes his way to the ring with his stinking cigar. Bro. He joins Vince and Jerry Lawler at rings and he's wearing classic gold headphones. I love these. He looks cool. Old school headphones, painted gold, little mic. P- oh, it's great. I like it a lot. I enjoyed as well. Actually, we'll get into it with the match. The, the stipulation for the Goldust and the Undertaker's match for In Your House is revealed. Uh, it was mentioned a few times during the show that the stipulation was going to be announced by the end of the night. Yeah. And it's revealed here that Goldust and the Undertaker will have a casket match. At in your house.
1: One thing, where the fuck's this feud come from? I was baffled by that myself. It's like, oh, we've announced the stipulation. like... Unless well, we something seen... happened on Superstars. Yeah, because we haven't seen Undertaker on Raw since Mankind fucking battered him. In theory, the next feud for The Undertaker should be Mankind. And, yeah. And Goldust is coming off Ultimate Warrior and he's still injured. Yeah. So Odd. it's baffling why they've just Odd. gone,
0: this is a match that we're having. Whether or not they've just gone, because the Intercontinental title will be on the line for that match. Okay. So whether they've just decreed that The Undertaker is the top contender for the Intercontinental title, which I never get. I, the idea of The Undertaker fighting for the IC title is weird. Yeah. It never su- ne- The idea of him winning the IC belt was never right. Like when
1: Ric Flair won it in the early 2000s.
0: Yeah, that was weird. Never do that. But Goldust discovers the casket match stipulation whilst on microphone, and he is terrified. Yeah. And he's very upset. He and Marlena try to leave, but Undertaker's music hits, so he stops. He doesn't have to do that thing where he has to try and get past him in the <laughs> aisle way. Sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Because oh, oh. that's, as we all know, how the how the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter feud started in the eighties. It was, yeah. Because excuse me, excuse me, America. <laughs> then did no one knows. Ha- <laughs> 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 it's true. It's how it started. Uh, look it up. So as Undertaker's coming to the ring, Vince is asking how Goldus feels, knowing that he could be trapped in a airtight, watertight casket. Goldus genuinely sounds like he's about to cry. Yeah. So, which, you know what? Sometimes... I think, you know, why should, like, younger talents sort of cry away from The Undertaker? I thought this was very in keeping with Goldust. Yeah. Who was just, like, who had, who had looked out of a match with Ultimate Warrior, and now is, like, The Undertaker. And you, you're fucking terrified. Yeah. But then his mood changes whilst on Coventry, because he's a complex being. Because Undertaker starts the match. It's Undertaker versus Owen Hart in the main event. And
1: Owen Hart's here. Oh, And what was in Owen's hand when he came out?
0: Was it a Slammy?
1: It was a fucking Slammy. It was a Slammy. Oh, my favorite Owen Hart is coming. The
0: Owen Slammy story arc is upon us. Slammy award winner Owen Hart is here. And uh, unfortunately, he doesn't get a slammy for dominating The Undertaker because The Undertaker batters him whilst Goldust is on commentary lusting over the tall, cold, and clammy Undertaker.
1: Yeah, he's, he's just like, he looks so cold. I, I kind of want to touch him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Vince is like, hang on, weren't you scared a minute ago? And I was like, <sighs> I, This is what I was going to say before. I, I liked Goldust on commentary because he wasn't interacting with... King and Vince his focus was solely on the ticket. he wasn't there to give quips he mm. was just reacting how the character of Goldust would react he was just going mm, ooh, yeah. ooh, let me see his leg yeah. and I thought it was great I'm a big fan of Goldust but I thought it was really good character work it's all
0: Undertaker with Owen Hart uh, at one point just before the break Goldust stands up And makes his way over towards Paul Bearer. And he ends up moving Paul Bearer towards the ring steps. And caresses him. (laughs) And Paul Bearer initially looks horrified. Can't decide whether he liked it or not. Because at one point, Goldust starts unbuttoning his shirt. Oh, lovely. And Jerry's like, oh, look, Goldust is now a a chubby chaser. And Paul Bearer ends up leaving. And I don't know whether there was a dig at his weight here. Because Jerry Lawler says, oh, Paul Bearer got goosed. Vince said, surely you mean geese." <laughs> I think it was a dig at his weight
1: by going multiple goose. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't hear that one because I was transfixed by King saying he's like Mikey, he likes it. Yes! I thought that was a reference to Mike- Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey Whipwreck. But I think Mikey really likes it is a f- quote from a film. Apparently it's also an ice cream brand called Mikey Likes It. Ah, Although I so said maybe that's what it is, though. but probably it could be both as well. Yeah, I would imagine
0: that the the Mikey likes it from Cactus is a, is based on yeah. the ice cream Mikey likes. He
1: likes it. He really likes. It. Yeah,
0: Mikey really likes it. Yeah, I that because that crossed my mind as well. I yeah. thought that'd be that. I said I I just thought there must be something else in there in the cultural zeitgeist. Same. As much as I'd love to think they were referencing ECW so deliberately, they wouldn't do. Uh, But anyway, all of this going on with Paul Bearer getting away, this gives Owen Hart a chance to start working over Undertaker's leg. It's the only bit of offense that Owen gets in this match, bless his soul. Goes for a sharpshooter on The Undertaker, but gets goozled and the hold gets broken. Goldust tries to help Owen back into the ring when he gets knocked out of the ring. And he does so by grabbing his arse. And it looks like a little finger pops up. (laughs) And Quick Robin <laughs> A squeezy, squeezy. Owen just goes, fuck off. Touch me. <laughs> <laughs> What's it they call it on OSW? <laughs> it's, yeah, a it's, a, it's a finger of cool. fudge. A finger of fudge. A finger of fudge. Yeah. Never right enough. Finger of fudge to Owen, and Owen's not happy about it. But as you say, he pushes Goldust away, but he leaves him open for the Undertaker to get back up, pull him up by his hair, get him back in the ring, and uh, hit a beauty of a tombstone for the one, two, three. And Monday Night Raw ends with Gold Dust initially staring at The Undertaker in a pervy way, but then making a making a fast retreat when Undertaker looked like he was gonna go for him.
1: Mm. And that's our main event. Thoughts on the main event? Well, you also forgot Paul Bearer comes out of a gold casket. I didn't see that bit. He comes out of a gold casket with gold dust star on it.
0: Oh well I, I missed that. Yeah. I must have switched off at that point. Um, that's unlike me. So what so talk
1: me through that bit. So So uh, uh, Bearer fucks off after Goldust's been trying to fill him up. But he comes back with a gold casket. I and mean, as Goldust is walking away from Undertaker, Bearer basically shoves it into Goldust's arse. He oh! turns around and sees it. Legs it. Terrified. Nice. Yeah. But, um, Love that. Okay, match. We, we
0: do see the gold casket at the pay-per-view.
1: Yeah. Nice. I mean, Undertaker, he, he loved making these spe- specific special caskets back <laughs> in the day, didn't he? He lo- Yeah. He, Kamala well... had one.
0: I think it's nice that with the custom casket is always for whoever he's in there with, rather yeah. than
1: always being an undertaker themed casket. Make it theme for whoever's going well, in it. I just like the idea of like undertaker working this and he's being like, "I need a load of gold paint and some glitter. <laughs> Can you get me some, please, Paul?" Like, <laughs> I'm we- on my
0: way. There's a Paul bearer in, in MFI. <laughs> I need six six tins of one coat gloss. <laughs> Gold, please. It was on that same day that Golders was in there picking up some wood for the decking for his house, and he saw Paul bear buying six buckets of gold paint. <laughs> Should I be worried about that? <laughs> is that is that for me? Oh, no, it's uh, for Goldberg. Ah. Who's Goldberg? Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> the only Goldberg this madness. <laughs> there will never be anyone else called Goldberg in our zeitgeist. Nope. Oh, no. Nope. But, uh, yeah, they'll I'm... have a match in Saudi Arabia. What's Saudi Arabia? Oh, I don't know if it's been invented yet. I don't know why I'm Welsh. <laughs> Has it been invented yet? I don't know. I don't care.
1: <laughs> Paul Bearer bringing fucking cheese on toast. That was poggers. for <laughs> Welsh Paul Bearer. <laughs>
0: Hello. <laughs> oh, oh, gold dust. It's a bit dry. Oh, it's been in my pocket. Sorry. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> I need to sleep. <laughs> I've needed I've been listening pizza. to
0: that rap music by Cool J. Bye. Come back, Harold. Come back.
1: I'm going to live outside. Don't
0: come back. Come back and finish the podcast. Then you can live outside.
1: I don't even know what's happened because I was enjoying all that, but my brain just completely... (laughs) It just shut down and just went, no, that's it (laughs) now. It's performed an illegal operation and we'll be shut down. Pretty much. I'm running on Windows 95 up here.
0: I remember in the early days of PCs, my brother uh, coming to me one day saying, have you heard that Newgrounds has been shut down? I was like, really? I said, what happened? So they were performing illegal operations. I said, did they? Yeah, because I tried to go on the website, and that pop-up
1: came Jesus Jesus. It was such a <laughs> dramatic language. It's performed an illegal operation. Yeah. Opera. It's like, what? There's there's laws of computers? What's going on? It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. And we'll be shut
0: down. Kill it. It does sound very dramatic, compared to now, where it just shuts the whole thing down. Uh,
1: thoughts on Raw? Uh, night and day from last week. Mm. Uh, the crowd, especially during... Take a gold dust, we a bit shit. Mm. They started all right, but just I just think this is just a bad Iowa crowd, unless you're chatting USA. Yeah. Better ingring action, better story progression, but yeah, not impressed with this crowd. No. What, what about yourself?
0: Uh, I was delighted to see Techno Teen 2000.
1: I did see What's him. A joy. And go, fucking yes. Yeah. What a joy. Long, long boys.
0: I thought The Undertaker' Golder Stuff has indeed come out of nowhere like an RKO. It really has. But I I, I quite like the story. Yeah. It wasn't against the, the tale that it was weaving. Yeah. So that's all right with me. But uh, did you say Undertaker's going for the IC title? Yep. I wonder how that one will... I wear. wonder what will happen. Wonder. <laughs> I wonder how that show will go in general. We'll find out mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks on the road to In Your House, Beware of Dog.
1: Oh! Uh, yeah. yeah, that
0: one... I believe the next episode we have will be after your birthday,
1: maybe, or before your birthday. We might have to get one more in the cage. Mm. I went to say cage because I saw the word bird cage and went to say cat. <laughs> I apologise. We'll do one more when you're less sleepy. My conduct today. <laughs> it's not even that I'm sleepy. I'm just it's Friday. I'm just yeah, I'm fried. It's it's fried.
0: <sighs> Put the fried in Friday. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, a scientific test by doing a podcast on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I don't think it's passed.
1: No. But it's fine. We apologize.
0: I think it's been all right. I think, yeah. I think I think our worst day is better than most podcasts' best day. Luckily, the bar is low. The bar is wildly <laughs> low. And we've scuttled under it like we're playing chicken limbo.
1: And we'll oh, be chicken ba- limbo. There you go. Shout out there. Chicken limbo. If you, if you someone at Milton Bradley was just like, we need to get the kids into the limbo again. How do we do it? Robotic chicken. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. No, it would have been like a
0: last thing on a Friday. We'd, we need another game. We need our oh, fucking fucking limbo. We can't do, fucking
1: chicken limbo. That's so much fun. Dog tennis. Mm. <laughs> Go a dog tennis and the three musk <laughs> One
0: for all, and all for one. are always ready for four. the next. will we next speak. Please email about Jack Atkins' egg habits. Uh, it's classic at cultaholic.com. He is at brat underscore Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. I got I Don't forget to join us. Cool J. Love you. Bye. Fucking cool J.